This week on the Road to Cinema podcast, director and co-screenwriter of the Sundance Film Festival hit Ingrid Goes West, a satirical comedy which takes a look inside a crazed Instagram stalker played by Aubrey Plaza and her bizarre friendship with an Instagram and social media celebrity played by Elizabeth Olsen. Director and co-screenwriter Matt Spicer shares his 10-year journey to directing his first feature film, the obstacles he faced along the way, and the inspiration for making Ingrid Goes West, which won the Waldo Salt Screenwriting Prize at this year's Sundance Film Festival. Follow us on Twitter, at Jog Road, Instagram, at Jog Road Productions. Subscribe to Jog Road Productions on YouTube to watch some of our video interviews with Don Cheadle, Ewan McGregor, Greta Gerwig, and many more. You can like our Facebook page, Jog Road Productions, and you can also subscribe to the Road to Cinema podcast on iTunes, and don't forget to write a nice review on the iTunes podcast page under the Road to Cinema podcast. And now we join director and co-screenwriter Matt Spicer as we discuss his new film, Ingrid Goes West, featuring standout performances from Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen, and it opens in New York and Los Angeles on Friday, August 11th, and opening in more cities on Friday, August 18th. You know, at what point did you realize the types of films that you wanted to make? Did you ever have an idea of sort of a, even a genre or just sort of an inspiration of what films really moved you and how that would sort of impact the types of films that you would write and direct in the future, this being your, your very first feature that you directed? Yeah, um... It's funny. I think the, the one of the first films that made me realize I wanted to be a director was Boogie Nights, um, just because I thought that film uh, was just such an incredible mishmash of tones. You know, it was it was funny, it was dramatic, it was colorful, it was energetic, but it was sad. You know, there were just so many things going on there, and I was just. It was the first film I think. The first time that I can remember watching a film and really thinking about the director, you know, and being like, this felt like it came from one person, you know, one person's vision. And um, so I think from that point on, uh, I that was when I sort of became interested in, in possibly pursuing this as, as a career. And then that, that sort of, you know, Boogie Nights be kind of became kind of a gateway drug to me for like Martin Scorsese and Robert Altman and then all these other great filmmakers um, that were coming out. And that's when I sort of, you know, I can think of just, I don't know, for me, the films that I always responded to back in high school when I was deciding what I wanted to do with my life uh, were films that I think were challenging and, and took risks and, and you know, blended tones in a way that, that just felt really exciting and new and fresh. Well, that's what's interesting about Ingrid Goes West because, I mean, you could take the concept and you could make it a, a lifetime movie, a sort of a standard thriller. <laughs> right, yeah. But, I mean, you took it and you blended those tones together. And did that really pop off on the page or was a lot of that sort of discovered as you were making it? I think it was, you know, it was the one question that we got from everybody when we sent out the script was, what's the tone? You know, what's the tone? And I think it's you know, it's, it's, it is a hard thing to kind of nail down. And so it was just really referencing the movies that inspired us, you know, like films like Chuck and Buck or King of Comedy or Talented Mr. Ripley, Single White Female. Um, I could keep going, but I mean, they're, they're all films that are, that are challenging to sort of describe and to other people without having seen the film. Um, but all I can say is, I mean, I, I'm one, one thing I'm, 
not the only thing, but one thing I am really proud of about the film is that I do f feel like it feels like me, you know, it feels like my taste. And obviously, um, you know, that's, I think it's a hard thing to do, especially when you're, you know, bringing all these different people together and to, you know, I feel very lucky that we were, I was able to sort of maintain some sort of voice throughout the process. Cause you know, I don't, if, if you make a film like it, there's so many ways that it can go wrong, you know? And so it's, you're just trying to keep the ship on course, you know, the whole time. Well, did you have sort of a, a shot list going in? Did you have a, a real strong visual palette that you had developed? Because it really seems as if there's, there was a plan going in. Yeah, it was, uh, we, you know, I like to have a plan because I, you can always throw away the plan, you know, but it's hard to, it's harder to come up with a plan on the fly. Um, so I like, it gives me a sense of, it, it helps quell my anxiety when I feel like I have something that I can fall back on if it's, you know, if we're not feeling inspired in the moment. Um, and yeah, there was just a ton of conversations with, with Bryce, the DP about, how we wanted the film to look and and what we you know what what we didn't want the film to look like and what we didn't want it to feel like and what and what did feel right and yeah i think we shot listed the whole movie pretty much pretty much every shot of the movie but you know then you get on set and the location isn't what you thought it would be and or you're running short on time and so you're not going to get all the shots that you want and so you have to think on the fly and um you know, I think I would say, you know, a week or two into it, we started to hit our stride and it, and it became a little bit, the shot list became a little less important to us because I think we we just knew, started to feel instinctually what the movie was becoming and what what shots we needed, you know. Um, but it was definitely a, a security blanket at the beginning because, of, you know, by being my first feature, I was like, I'll be really stupid to not yeah. <laughs> prepare for this at all. Everyone's spending all this money and everyone all their time and everything so I wanted to feel like I did my homework. Did you have any rehearsal time beforehand with Aubrey or any of the cast? Not really. Um, it was very, you know, we had very little pre-production time because when we found out that Lizzie uh, was interested in doing the movie, we, she and Aubrey had, had basically five weeks where they were both available to do the film and so we knew we had to shoot the movie within this time, certain time frame and uh, and I think we basically had four, maybe five weeks of pre-production time, which is not a lot. So, you know, we, a lot of that was spent just getting the stuff that we needed together to get the movie going. But what was good was we, you know, one of the things that was important to me was having uh, as many days as possible to shoot the film. Because I knew, you know, the more days that we had, the more takes we get to do on the day. And... Um, so obviously we had to prioritize, but you know, it wasn't a film where we were doing two or three takes and then moving on. We were able to do for certain scenes that we knew would require it, you know, do eight or nine takes of a scene and 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 that allows you to explore in a way that you wouldn't if you're just kind of rushing through and just getting all checking shots off the shot list, you know. And so there were plenty of times when we would we would rehearse the scene for camera, you know, and it wouldn't be working for whatever reason uh, or the actors would have a problem with something and then we'd just stop and talk it through, do a rewrite and then come back and do it, you know? Right. So we had we had enough time that we could do that if we needed to um, and not completely derail our whole schedule. Now watching the film, you think Aubrey Plaza is perfect for Ingrid and there could be no other person for that role. I agree. For, for you, did you have her in mind when you were writing? Weirdly, no. I don't, I don't even remember... 
but like, I mean, she was always somebody who, when, as soon as we finished the script and sort of looked at it and we're putting it together, we were like, oh, okay, well, obviously she's the top choice because she just is so, seems just so like she could do such a good job with the character. At least to me, I, I've just always been a fan of hers. Um, but I think you never, I think, you know, we never expected that we would get somebody of that caliber. We were just like, you know, we were prepared to go make the film for, you know, no money and just put our friends in it if we had to. I think we, we were approaching it with the idea of just like, let's go make a movie. Let's, we're, you know, we're tired of writing all these scripts and them not getting made. And, you know, I just wanted to go make something. I'm like, I'm not getting any younger here. Let's just go, you know? So it was really a surprise when all this great talent was able to come onto the project. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, I mean, everyone that we got was our first choice for the parts, which just never happens. You know, it's just, um, I still am like kind of scratching my head over how we did it, but it's, I don't know if it's just the timeliness of it or what, but, um, or having Aubrey, you know, uh, really, she Aubrey really did stick her neck out for us too. I mean, she was a producer on it, so she really took ownership over it and sort of, uh, you know, gave the film her blessing in a sense. So I think that gave people uh, a sense of they put them at ease. You know what I mean? They felt like okay, she, Aubrey thinks this is cool, so this must be pretty cool. Now, um, beforehand, I mean, writing the film, working on it, you know, all the cast coming on. I mean, was there a discussion about Instagram and? sort of the whole social media element of the movie. I mean, was that something that... You mean in terms of it being Instagram and not some fake version of Instagram or... Yeah, well, it being Instagram specifically and also just, you know, this idea of social media really being this encapsulated universe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we were... That was the impetus for the film, really, was us, was Dave and I having lunch together and talking about, you know, our conflicting feelings about social media and, and... how our love-hate relationship with it and it's such a part of our lives um and he and i both have you know my girlfriend and his now wife uh they both use it for work a lot and they have this built up this following and so just seeing how it affected their lives and stuff it's um it just seemed like uh it was a subject that was sort of ripe for the picking you know and it was like somebody was going to do a movie like this, you know what I mean? And so we were just like, well, let's see if we can be the first, you know? And it's funny because there's every, people bring up the black mirror episode, obviously the, uh, with Bryce Dallas Howard in it. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but, um, but that hadn't come out yet when we started writing this. So, you know, I think we were, that was happening at the same time as we were writing our thing. And, um, so it just seemed like it was just in the air, you know? And I think it's, it felt like, you know, I don't know, it just felt right. Yeah, because it's so, like, of the moment in a way. I mean, this is so part of our culture, Instagram and social yeah. media. We're just trapped in it. And it's, you know, being in L.A., you you come across this stuff every day and, you know, people taking pictures of their food or talking about building their personal brand or, you know, anything like that. So it's, <laughs> it is it is just, it's ubiquitous. Now, lastly, uh, I was just curious, do you have any idea of what you want to do next? And do you feel like this movie has really established who you want to be as a filmmaker moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of a good litmus test because I feel like if you don't like this film, then you probably wouldn't like me anyway. So it's like it gets... <laughs> it's, um, so yeah, it's... Uh, but yeah, no, I, I there's, a, there's a, a bunch of projects. I mean, I sort of feel like, you know, I've been working for... 10 years as a screenwriter since I graduated and, you know, I produced a a film and I did a short film. And so I'm just, you know, I've been 
trying to do this, get something going for, for a long time now. So it's nice that uh, it finally feels like um, we've had some success and, and we can hopefully keep that going. So I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I've got like a ton of projects that I'm ready, I'm excited about. And um, yeah, probably more projects than I have time to work on all of them. But um, yeah, I saw uh, there's a movie called Flower coming out later in the year that you co-wrote. Yes, and- yeah, that's something that uh, my uh, another my other co-writer Max and I uh, worked on. That's based on a script by this guy Alex McCauley. It was a blacklist script um, that we, he and I, Max and I, read and came across, and we were just like fell in love with it, and and we we're like, how do we help get make the script, you know, come to life and. Um, so that was that's been a long road, but then yeah, that comes out early early next year, early 2018, and then uh, Max and I are writing another thing for Disney right now. That's like the new Rocketeer movie. I don't know if you remember the Rocketeer. Oh yeah, I love the Rocketeer. <laughs> yeah, it's an under, it's, underrated movie. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's one of my favorite from when I was a kid. Um, I remember my dad and I both loved that movie. It was like one of the things that we bonded over. Yeah, I remember Alan Arkin was the uh, yeah PV. He played yeah. PV. Uh, Jennifer Connelly uh, was one of her early roles, I think. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, and then I was just curious if there's any sort of filmmaking wisdom you could impart to everybody, because as you mentioned, you know, this ten years in the making, getting to your first film to direct. Right. I mean, do you feel like there was a lot of patience there, a lot of uh, perseverance in a sense to keep like pushing forward? Did you ever feel like you wanted to stop? never felt like I wanted to stop, but definitely, you know, there's moments where you're like, okay, is the world trying to tell me something? (laughs) It's like, it's so clearly not working out, you know? Um, But I will say that the one thing that I learned, you know, this film was in a lot of ways a Hail Mary pass, you know? Um, Because I, yeah, I had another project that was trying to get off the ground for a couple of years before it just, no matter what we did, it just could not move forward. And I sort of made the decision to put that on the shelf, you know, and that I was just going to put it away and, and start fresh, which was really scary because I didn't have anything, anything to fall back on. And what's funny is, you know, a couple months after I made that decision, I was just having lunch randomly with Dave one day and, and we started talking about this and that's how Ingrid was born. So... And then it just, you know, and then Ingrid came together incredibly quickly. Um, And it was kind of like, again, it was this Hail Mary pass of a thing of just like, we don't know if this is going to work, but you know what? We're just going to go make it. And we don't care if anybody else likes it. It's we think it's funny and we think it's good and that's enough, you know. And I think, ironically, that's the thing that ends up moving forward, you know. So I think if there's any lesson to take from that, it's, you know, to to write the thing that you would want to see made into a film and, and don't think of, don't worry about what's trendy or how much it's going to cost, you know, just do something that it's, you know, can I get stars in it? Just do something that you, that you like and that you can go make with your friends if you had to. Cause I think that's the ultimate, uh, lesson is just, is just making something and not, you know, sitting on your hands and waiting for somebody to come along and give you an opportunity. Um, but yeah, that's the best. Of, I'm probably not the best person to ask for advice because it took me so long. But, uh. but I think that's great advice. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. Yeah, yeah. that's the shortened version of it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. Thanks for listening to the Road to Cinema podcast. And remember, Ingrid Goes West opens in limited release in New York and Los Angeles on Friday, August 11th and expanding to more cities on Friday, August 18th. We'll see you next time.